San Francisco is superior in all aspects of every level than the Arizona Cardinals. Why? Because they have Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury right, but, is but, not going to do anything. But we're talking about changes. over and over again, Tony. But We're talking no. about changes. We're not talking about, like, who are we taking win total-wise. We're talking about what team got better, what team got worse. San Francisco got worse. Arizona stayed level. I disagree. I, I think both those teams stayed if, if 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 they both got if they both got worse they both got worse marginally and they're the same outlook that they were going in the offseason I really believe that. Who you betting on? Always on black fast stats in the pocket hole squad fast tag. Send the bookie tell him bring it from the bag. No be coming for the bag. Coast to the G West Coast game. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network, the only gambling show that makes you money, and again, the recipients of the NYL something award for podcast excellence in sports. We Today we're talking, <laughs> we still don't, I don't even know what it's called. We don't know. We don't know. We were told it was going to be announced like a week ago and we still haven't heard about it so we're looking forward to whatever accolades that we've received whenever and it is that we've officially received them i just want to know the money it's that comes with that award right? I just something want that plaque. just says like war or even a mug that says world's best boss or something and right? i hope i hope it spells our names podcast. wrong like I, I really want it <laughs> um today's show is all about it's a little bit delayed but we had to let all the 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 places that all the people fit where they wanted to fit and we still don't have it all said and done at this point but we have to tackle it now because we're getting up to the nfl draft so we need to recap and look forward on the nfl free agency period where these players went what teams got better what teams got worse we're going to quickly marry fuck kill six divisions in the nfl and then we're going to spend some time on two of the juicier divisions at the end really breaking down what went on with the four teams in each of those it's all about nfl free agency this podcast but first we had masters weekend yours truly had a fantastic weekend of gambling if you listen to this show all the research i put in to those picks led me to my first ever zero and five record on the show betting <laughs> golf shape of the sharp though your boy scotty scheffler i know you had a little ticket on him to win it all and boy did he ever he did guys and uh I, you know, I, I caught this golf bug a year ago and I've just not stopped. It's, it's easily the second, uh, most favorite sport of mine to bet on. And yeah, Scotty Scheffler at 35 to one, um, and a nice little ticket. So it was my biggest cash out from a golf ticket ever. And, uh, I knew that Tony, I, I knew that Tony squares had cam Smith, uh, going into that final round, holding the ticket. We had a little gentleman's let's talk after the round. And let me tell you, uh, when Scotty hooked one into hole three, I was sweating bullets. Obviously, the chipping happens. Cam implodes on 12. The rest is history. That was all good and well. That's not what I want to talk about. Quickly, I, Schaefer the Sharp, played my first round of golf in Michigan yesterday. And guys, you know my game. Eight handicap. Can break 80. I had not one, but two eagles in one round of golf. Wow. Two five woods, one from 211 into the wind. One from 245 downwind, and it not only did it happen in one round, it happened in three holes. Three holes. 
it was truly a golf memory that I'll have for the rest of my life. I was going to say that is why right there that we are the NYC award-winning podcast, just <laughs> going over our personal golf games to <laughs> all of our content listeners. Like content like that is what the people get. It's what they deserve. But let's move on to why we're actually here. Let's talk about some of these NFL teams, break down some of these divisions. As I said, we're going to do six ones pretty quickly here. We've each been given two divisions to recap dangles. Uh, no, I believe Schaefer the Sharp has the AFC East and the NFC East. So let's start there, Schaefer. Let's start with the two Eastern divisions. Marry, fuck, kill based on their free agency moves. And again, we're looking towards the future here. Do you feel like any bets are coming out, any futures you might want to play or look forward to when the lines are released based on these free agency moves the two eastern divisions are yours sir go right ahead all right guys well let's start at the afc east and uh this shouldn't be a surprise my mary's obviously going to be the buffalo bills um and you know a big splash there signing von miller now i'm old enough to know like when you complain about players contracts especially the nfl don't do that it's not your money you're not paying these guys just don't do it um I think Von Miller was grossly overpaid, especially when you consider J.J. Watt, who might be a little, little, you know, slightly less of a caliber player at this point in his career than Von Miller. But, I mean, that contract was massive, uh, and they tied him up for a long time, obviously re-signing Stefan Diggs. But what this shows me is similar to what the Rams did last year. The Bills are all in, and they should be. They have a championship window. Um, everyone remembers what happened in Kansas City last year. So that's my team I'm going to marry, of course is the Buffalo Bills. Um, the team I'm going to uh, have relations with uh, is the Miami Dolphins. And this probably is popular among, I guess, off-season acquisitions for the for the simple fact they got Tyreek Hill, right? But I'm going beyond Tyreek Hill, guys. What they did in the off-season is truly, until I started digging into it, it's pretty remarkable. They signed uh, Armstead, who is the biggest tackle on the free agent market, yep. $87.5 million for five years. Now, I know he's got some injury um, history, but that, that's that in my book, that's a great sign. They also picked up guard Connor Williams, 25 years old. Now he led the league in holding penalties last year, but who do you play for the Dallas Cowboys? That's probably a coaching thing. Let's be honest. Two <laughs> underrated moves. Uh, Chase Edwards, or sorry, uh, Chase Edwards, Chase Edmonds for a nice little two year deal. And I, when did the Dolphins get Raheem Mostert? They exactly. got Mostert yeah. too. So they have now Edmonds and Mostert, a revamped offensive line and a sneaky, sneaky acquisition, I think. Teddy Bridgewater, the all-time best Teddy covers backup quarterback on a one-year deal. And how badly would a team like the Carolina Panthers with Sam Darnold uh, taking a dump last year, how badly would the Panthers like to have Bridgewater on the roster, which they had the year before? I think this is a perfect backup in case Tua doesn't mesh with the new system. I'm not sold on Tua. But I am sold on these moves, and this isn't even mentioning. Well, uh, now he has no excuse, right? Like now there's all the pieces around him, and I think the Dolphins and all of us will get a good evaluation of what Tua really is because now you can't say, oh, he doesn't have a run game. Oh, he doesn't have an offensive line. Like They filled those gaps. Let's see what you can do, Tua. And and this isn't even counting their re-signing their best uh, edge rusher in Akba. So I am uh, very, very impressed with the Dolphins here, guys, and I will – F them. Um, Dangs, I hate to say it. I mean, again, it's probably not breaking news, but I'm killing the Patriots. And last year, we kind of killed the Patriots offseason because of how much they spent. This year, you could argue, 
you could kill the Patriots for how little they did. I know they got Devontae Parker. I do love that signing. We've talked about that. I think that's a fantastic signing. And again, I don't want to question the GOAT. I don't want to look the devil in the eye, if you will. But again, trading Shaq Lawson for a fifth rounder, I don't, I don't understand. Mason. You know, I don't understand. Let, Shaq Lawson. Sha- Shaq Mason. Tra- uh, you know, letting J.C. Jackson walk and then signing a 35-year-old Devin McCourty for, you know, $9 million a year, I don't, I don't typically get. You know, I, I, I like the Jibril Pepper signing. But again, this is a team that uh, made the playoffs last year, was really struggling with offensive firepower. I think Parker could certainly play a, a, an impact there. Um, but... I'm just a little underwhelmed. So I think my lean here is I do think this Dolphins team is a playoff team. And I know Tony Squares had a nice 12 to one ticket on him last year to make the wild card. They gave him a hell of a sweat there winning what they won, like six in a row before they finally uh, uh, stumbled in the finish line. But I do think the Dolphins uh, are a team to contend with here as far as the playoffs. And I guess when I kill the Patriots, the Bills stay the same. The Dolphins got better. The Jets didn't get any worse on paper, and this exercise, of course, is on paper. So that's my Mary. Mary the Bills, F the Dolphins, and I'll kill the Pats begrudgingly. Before before um, you go to the NFC East and before Dangles talks about his Patriots because it is his team, I do just want to say the, the Dolphins also impressed me the most in that division, not because I'm a fan of Tua, and I didn't bet on the Dolphins last year because I'm a fan of Tua, but because – they brought in that San Fran system of we're going to run the hell out of the ball, and those free agency moves followed that suit. Listen, Raheem Mostert's never played a full season. Chase Edmonds struggles to play a full season, but if you have enough guys in the stable, you'll be able to continue to run the ball over and over and over again and make Tua's life easier. And then Tyreek Hill on the outside catching slant balls. I really love what Miami did, but Dangles... Speak your piece about your Patriots, my friend. Obviously, they didn't have the money to make the moves that they made last year, this year. But again, a lot of people left that locker room. Yeah, they did. But um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think I find it very surprising that you would kill them when the Jets are in that division and they actively need to do things to get better. And they have tens of millions of dollars more in cap space than the Patriots did. And they've done pretty much nothing to improve their team on a great scale. Uh, meanwhile, the Patriots added that X receiver that they needed, a big guy that is going to fill the role that Nikhil Harry never turned out to be. I do love that Devontae Parker signing. And getting him for what we did is great. I think I think it's fantastic what we were able to what we were able to to get from him. We get him uh, in a fit him in a fifth for a third rounder next year, and we probably get a third rounder next year back as a comp pick for the JC Jackson trade. So he gives us a possession guy on the outside. I love that. We do still have that hole at cornerback, but signing Jabril Peppers, Bill Belichick loves to run three safety systems, so that's a huge help in the sense that, and he likes to alternate between, Logan Ryan played safety and corner when he was with us. I could see Jabril Peppers potentially filling a role like that. He likes to run Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar, and McCourty, so I don't know. I think we've done enough, but given what we have room to do, we've done enough to, to fill that those kind of those gaps. We brought Trent Brown back, which is great. We needed that. We do still have some holes at linebacker and offensive line, but I'm optimistic and I, I disagree with your killing them over the Jets. I uh, uh, We're not going to spend this much time on every division, but I will yep. just say that one of the oldest teams in the league just got older in that New England Patriot defensive unit, so I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of any move that they made this season. Shea for the Sharp, NFC East. What do you got? Guys, this will be short and sweet. I'm going to marry... The Philadelphia Eagles, knowing I don't like their head man, Jalen Hurts. We we heard this on the QB review. Shave the Sharp is out on Jalen Hurts. But when you look at that trade where they made with the Saints, a lot of a lot a lot of as much much to do about nothing, right? Like what happened? They just traded a bunch of picks and nothing happened. Well, 
you know, what the Eagles did is they maintained, obviously, picking two picks this year. In, they have the 15th and 18th overall picks this year. They have two first picks in 2023 and two second-round picks in 2024. So to me, that's the ultimate insurance policies for when Jalen Hurts takes a dump and they need to use that leverage to trade up in the draft to get potentially C.J. Stroud, to get potentially Bryce Young, and get their real quarterback of the future because Jalen Hurts is not it. And they re-signed their veteran center, Jason Kelsey, but also, also got outside linebacker Hassan Reddick, 23 and a half sacks last two years, is fifth best in the NFL. And I just think this team in a division that's not going anywhere is really setting themselves up nice for the future, knowing that I'm not a fan of Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Who am I killing? I mean, this has got to be the kill of all NFL offseason moves is the Washington don't make me (laughs) commanders, Carson Wentz, okay? They got Carson Wentz when they have Taylor Heineke and Ryan Fitzpatrick on their rosters. If you did a blind, uh, I mean, if if you didn't know anything about football and watched those three guys play football, could you even tell the difference with those guys? Yes. The commanders... The Commanders, yes, um, maybe, Tony, uh, but not in the way you might think. The Commanders actually paid 28 – they're going to pay $28 million for Carson Wentz, and they gave up this year's second and third-round pick and a 23 third-round pick that becomes a second if Wentz starts 70% of the games. I think this is a dumpster fire move <laughs> for the Commanders. I don't understand what in the hell they were thinking. The Colts – absolutely fleece them good on the Colts Colts one of the best uh off seasons uh that, that I can that, that I can remember this year I mean I thought they did a fantastic job getting anything for Carson Wentz and this might lead you who am I fucking Schaefer the Sharp uh, who are you gonna fuck here I'm pledging abstinence in this division I don't want to uh. fuck the Cowboys or the Giants sorry <laughs> I'm absolutely I know but sorry I just I'm, I'm saving myself for marriage I have the NFC North you think I want to pick a, a team to like kind of ride with in that division <laughs> yeah you I talk can about, tell you one looks you really want to talk about no because the team well anyway we'll get to that but I just no, no. Uh, yeah. that's good go right into it that was his NFC East and I agree with most of it Dangles you had the two northern divisions oh, start man. right there NFC North my guy alright well let's start with the NFC North and I'm actually going to take this one step further here I also sort of looked at this in the context of how what they did in the offseason trends or uh, impacts their win total uh, and their projected win total and sort of whether I think it helps them trend uh, up or down here. And guys, <laughs> I looked I looked real close at the teams and the guys that came and went from the teams on this division. And on paper, there is only one team that actually got better. It looks like it could potentially have gotten better. And that is the Detroit Lions. As much as Woo! as much as it surprises me to say that the only team that actively addressed issues and doesn't look like it's either regressing or swimming insert or swimming just treading water is the Detroit Lions. They're over six wins right now is minus one twenty five. They had DJ Hammer. Chark, Jared Davis comes back, uh, and they get uh, Josh Reynolds re-signed as well as their safety Tracy Walker. It's not big and splashy, but now you've got a clear cut wide receiver trio in Chark, St. Brown, and Reynolds. Uh, and you know, hey, who knows what they do in the draft? If they decide to go quarterback, their young guy has a trio. If not, we know what Jared Goff's ceiling is. I like where the Lions are trending over six wins right now. It's a playoff team. I love you, Danks. I, I mean, and love I'm not just Danks. saying that. I really do think they pretend, they got better looking at any of these other teams. And it's like look at looking at the rest of them, it's really hard to, to – I almost have to sort of 
take the Vikings home because they didn't get worse, really. They just kind of stayed where they are. This is a team that could win eight or nine games. I don't love the re-signing of Kirk Cousins. They re-signed Adam Thielen. Um, they brought Jordan Hicks in from the Cardinals. They got Zadarius Smith, an in-division trade, which obviously helps on the pass-rushing side of things. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting that, that, to see that, that there Zedarius is a... Smith signing Dangles was the best signing in the division by far. He helps them do things that they really struggled to do last year. And if he's healthy, he's going to be an A-plus player. Well, he them. brings I'm a right pass rush, him. which is, with is something that they that they did not have last season. So I guess that does. They're, they're at uh, nine wins right now. I don't know. I'd probably stay away from, from the Vikings' win total with the way things are because I just, I just don't know. And then I got to... I don't know, man. I think I gotta ultimately kill the Chicago Bears here, because uh, again, you don't you Why? don't kill the Packers. You really don't the kill the Packers. Packers here. You really you don't have kill to the kill the Packers. You think you kill the Packers? I, I, Dangles. I, I think you kill the Packers. Dangles. You have to kill the Packers. <laughs> it's a bear. Well, no, I mean, he's well, offended because he's offended because you didn't kill his I own know, team. I know, I know. Well, I just didn't want to touch him because I still think they're still the, they're still the favorite to win the division at like minus one seventy five right now. And Aaron, and that's probably the, that's an Aaron Rodgers price that you're getting right there, right? That's and they went out of their way. He's got what is it three at uh, three years, one hundred and fifty million dollars. It's fifty million dollars a year. He pretty much owns them for the next three years. Yeah, and what did it cost? I mean, their dignity. I don't know. It, co- mean, it, co- like, it cost the best. A whole wide receiver in the of, world that yes. cost any uh, additions to the team whatsoever. The highest price free agent we signed was an interior defensive lineman that's gonna, uh, not even going to start for us. Our second highest free agent we signed was a punter. We could not get anyone because we were up against the yeah. cap and spent $50 million on Aaron Rodgers. I just want to say, furthermore, on this Packers team, uh, Razul Douglas and uh, Devondre Campbell were great, cheap, free agent signings that we got that played the best year of their career for our team last year. Were huge points on our defense. And what did we do? Instead of trying to find the next Devondre Campbell, we gave Devondre Campbell a three-year, $10 million deal. We signed uh, Douglas to $7 million to be our third cornerback. Listen, if they play up to their career years again and go against the grain once more, great, we'll take them. But it's not going to happen. When has that ever happened in the NFL? These guys have high peak years and then go back to what the norm is. They're not young guys. They're not coming up with it. They are older veterans. We know who they are. And we just overpaid for both of them. I hated everything Green Bay did this uh, offseason. Sorry to cut you off, Dangles, but I can't believe you didn't kill them over the Chicago well, Bears. Well, I mean, I guess the argument for the Bears, my argument for the Bears would be that now you have you have it. And again, we've talked about how things might not change until the ownership changes there. But at the very least, you've got a brand new GM and a brand new head coach and a team that just drafted a quarterback that I still think has some tools to be very good if you put guys around him. And what do they do? They get Byron Pringle. They get Equinamius St. Brown. That's really all they do on the offensive side of the ball. They don't improve their offensive line at all. They didn't actively do anything to help Justin Fields be better. And they're bringing in a defensive head coordinator, head co- a defensive minded head coach. We don't know. We don't know how that's going to go for Matt Eberflus. So I don't know. I mean, at least the Packers locked up their guy who they know can still win them a division. Yes, Devontae Adams is gone. Aaron Rodgers is 10 and 1 in his career without Devontae Adams. And we've seen him play. Uh, well without him before. So that would be my argument for the Bears, is that at least the Packers locked up the guy they needed to continue to stay competitive, where the Bears didn't really give themselves a chance to be competitive with the moves that they've made in this offseason. What do you got for the AFC North? 
All right. Well, uh, the AFC North, guys, I don't know how you don't marry the Cincinnati Bengals here. Their win total is at 10, plus 110. The over is plus 110. Guys, what are we doing here? What am I missing? Why are the defending AFC champions the that are returning the majority of their Super Bowl team with the exception of C.J. Uzama, who left for the Jets? They did replace him with Hayden Hurst, who hasn't broken out but is a former first-round pick. They've addressed some key position gaps. They got a great offensive lineman in Lael Collins, um, and they also signed Alex Kappa from the Bucks and Ted Karras from My Patriots, who aren't super options, but they'll do. They help bolster. They also made the right choice in re-signing uh, B.J. Hill, their defensive tackle, instead of spending that money on Larry Ogunjobi, who just failed a physical with the Bears and now doesn't get to sign a big fat deal that he was supposed to sign with them. So I think the Bengals are positioned to go right back at it and be the AFC North champions again and get on that over right now. Ten wins at plus 110. I think they handle that easily. This whole team is coming back. Everyone is back. Uh, so I love the Bengals there. Um, who am I taking home here? Uh, this is tough. I think <clears throat> it's hard not to, and I hate, it's hard not to, it's hard not to take Cleveland home, isn't it? They added a lot of, of, of help, right? You know, let's putting the off the field stuff aside and putting the, putting all of that, that stuff aside. And the fact that he, that Deshaun Watson does still face 22 civil lawsuits. He got a massive deal entirely guaranteed. And he is, he is now Kevin Stefanski has now been relegated to basically the equivalent of Frank Vogel or Tyron Lou on the Lakers with LeBron James. <laughs> Irrelevant, useless. That's a good Deshaun Watson. Seriously though, Deshaun Watson calls all the shots with the way that this deal is structured. If he wants someone gone, they're gone. If he wants to bring somebody in, they got to bring him in because he, he has all the controls now. Um, they add they add Amari Cooper as well uh, and Jakeem Grant, Taven Bryan, a former first round pick. They lock up David Njoku. They add and they, and they bring back obviously Nick Chubb and and uh, and Kareem Hunt. Um, from a football perspective, I think they have a chance to be competitive here if Deshaun Watson is the same Deshaun Watson that that we know him to be. Um, and and uh, I mean I, I hate to do I think I hate to do it here guys, but I don't see I don't see a path much here for the Steelers. Um, I haven't seen them do a yeah. whole lot. They, 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 you know, it's, and, and we should say it's absolutely tragic and awful what happened with Dwayne Haskins. And, you know, my heart certainly go out, goes out to his family and loved ones in that whole organization. He seemed to be a beloved guy. And, um, I obviously didn't know him personally, but you, you hate to just hear the, how the circumstances of it were. It's sad and it's tragic. And the fact that we'll never know whether there could have been another chapter in his career is, is a huge, a huge bummer. Um, but that said, you know, adding Mitch Trubisky, um, adding Miles Jack <laughs> doesn't really I, do I, a lot I, for a team. I like that the Miles Jack. Miles Jack is great, but I mean, how does it help you in the position that you're in where you need a you need a quarterback? Maybe you're looking to the draft for that. I don't know. The Steelers didn't really do anything to get better this offseason, so so uh, I, I'm going to write them off here. All right, time for me, and I, I want to thank you two. And we divvied up these divisions. We didn't know how it was going to go, and I just want to thank you two for giving me the two worst divisions in NFL free agency <laughs> to talk about. And I'll, I'll tell you why in two seconds. You should have called one of the other first, ones. First, it was the AFC North, and Drew already said it. Indianapolis won the offseason. I, I kind of agree with them. I think the Matt Ryan trade was amazing. I think what they got for Carson Wentz was amazing, and I've oh. I was on this show during our QB ranking saying Matt Ryan and Indy would have been uh, like he could be the next Matt Stafford. And now we get to see it happen. I'm very, 
Very yeah. excited to see how that works. And they also got Yannick Ngakwe, who has traveled to a lot of teams but still produces as an edge rusher, and he's only 27. So if this team actually works with uh, uh, what, what's the D, D lineman that they have in the center there, plus Yannick Ngakwe on the outside, plus Darius Leonard as the linebacker, like that's a great core. The only DeForest problem. Buckner. Yeah, the only problem with uh, pay. the only problem with Indy is because they signed all these people, they let a lot of guys that have played a lot of snaps for them go, like Rocky Yassin, Xavier Rhodes, Andrew Sandejo, and yes, they're older players, but they were producing for a very good Indianapolis defense, so you have to replace those with draft picks that you're getting from this Carson Wentz trade. I love what Indianapolis did. I am going to... Uh, Listen, I'm gonna fuck something that uh, isn't the best. This is this is this is someone who you know a, a friend of yours that might have gotten a lot of work done, paid a lot of money for it, and some of it didn't work out. But it's it's definitely an improvement on what happened. No one wants to go play in Jacksonville. They're a terrible organization. They've not won a lot of games in a long, long time. And some of the signings they've made, if you look at what they're paying these people, does Zay Jones deserve $8 million? Does Christian Kirk deserve 18? Brandon Sheriff, 16.5. Evan Ingram, $9 million. A guy named Folorunzo Fatuski for $10 million a year. I don't even know who that is. I don't know who that is. He came from the Jets. He's now a Jacksonville Jaguar. But is this team better than what they had last year? Undoubtedly, they are, in my opinion. So I'm fucking the Jacksonville Jaguars because they took their money and they spent it on guys that are improvements on what they had. Christian Kirk does not deserve to be paid the amount he's getting, but he's a better wide receiver than what they had last year. DJ Chark out the door, obviously. Zay Jones, Darius Williams, the cornerback out of the Los Angeles Rams, all these guys are overpaid right now. But the fact that they're all on your team means you're probably going to win more than three games next year, and maybe we see a little improvement out of Trevor Lawrence because of it. The team I'm killing, it's Houston. How could it not be Houston? Lovey Smith is your head yeah. coach. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is out the door, but you also let guys like Justin Reed go, who was a great safety for you, and now he's uh, part of the Kansas City Chiefs, replacing Tyrion Matthew over there. The most money they've spent, and they have money to spend, the most money they spent was a $4.5 million signing of 31-year-old guard A.J. Can. So they're not building for the future. They're not trying to get young guys. They're, they're getting some draft picks, but... There are you can do what Jacksonville is trying to do and throw money at in the prime free agents to see if you can compete, or you can bottom out. And Houston's clearly bottoming out. I'm out on Houston. I'm killing them. Tennessee is not a part of this at all because yes, they got Bob Woods. Yes, they re-signed Harold Landry, but they let a lot of players go too, like Roger Salford, Quisenberry, the guard, Rashawn Evans, their leading tackler from two years ago is gone. A lot of money. Uh, uh, they were up against the cap, so they had to let a lot of veterans go. Bob Woods over Julio, though, great improvement on their end. Do you guys have anything to say about the AFC South? Uh, obviously, clearly won by Indianapolis. Yeah, clearly, Tony. My thing about the Jaguars is, yeah, they got better, but they 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 spent like a team this offseason that's ready to contend, and I was very confused by that. I mean, the the, the NFL, we, we've seen almost un, undeniably every year there's a worst-to-first team within the divisions, but I find it hard-pressed to think the Jaguars are going to be in a position – to make a playoff run in the and and their and their offseason spending spree. I mean, it's got to be Christmas in that facility with Doug Peterson and just the absence of Urban Meyer yeah. by itself. So, it seems like, you know, the vibes are good and you know, they're getting like, you know, that culture word thrown around, new culture, but I was just confused on the spending spree that the Jags had because it's like, I mean, are, are they obviously they obviously fancy themselves as division contenders 
by that salary cap. So very, very kind of confused because like what you said, Tony, they're not get they're not getting these like they're they're overpaying like mid tier receivers, Christian Kirk, yeah. Zay Jones. Like I'm just I was very confused by I, that. I was um, too. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that was like some PR for the fans. Uh, like after that dumpster fire, like hey, we're trying here, but just it was very weird. The very thing weird. the thing that convinced me because as these trades and these signings were happening, we were all texting each other, going like Christian Kirk, eighteen point five. He's one of the highest paid. What are we doing? But as I looked at it now three, four weeks removed, and I see everything that they've done. They spent a gajillion dollars, but they have an improved team. So to me, sure. that made me go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay with this team fucking them because it's not the 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 moves I would have made, but all of them in a nutshell means you have a better Jaguars team than you had last year. And as a fan, that's all you can ask for in the end. Moving on to the NFC South, which is by far, listen, if I had to make a bet that my life depended on Tampa Bay to win this division is all uh, 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 the, the, this division is so awful. Tampa Bay might win this division in October. Tampa Bay obviously got Tom Brady back out of retirement. Godwin signed to a huge deal. And uh, I mean, it cost him Bruce Arians, but apparently we have coaches in there that are going to be able to coach and who knows what the Tom Brady situation is. Is he going to leave? Bruce- Was he going to try to go to Miami? Hold on. No. Drew. I just want to say, these signings, they were up against the cap last year with all the signings they had from the Super Bowl. This year, they lose a lot of players that contributed to that Super Bowl one. JPP, Ndamukong Sue, two offensive linemen, Ronald Jones, obviously Antonio Brown. They definitely got weaker, but they signed guys low-key that will play and improve this team, like Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal are coming in to help out that defensive backfield. Russell Gage, who was, I mean... I could see Russell Gage getting paid the same amount of money as Christian Kirk for the Jaguars, and now he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. (laughs) And as we talked about earlier, that Shaq Mason trade to help relieve some of the stress the offensive lineman was put under. I really like what Tampa Bay did, and they win this division by default. What were you going to say about Tampa, Drew? I was just going to say I think Bruce Arians uh, really kind of uh, took a dive in my personal opinion of that guy by basically saying he stepped down because he wanted – you know, Todd Bowles to get an opportunity and then saying after the fact that Tom Brady uh, got too much credit for their offensive success. And that guy just doesn't seem like he gets it. I know he's B.A., the fun, you know, no risk it, no biscuit. But um, I think what I'm trying to say is I think the Bucks will be improved by his absence. I might be wrong about that, but I think they will be improved by his absence. It'll be interesting. He's got to go back. It'll be interesting. And uh, Tom Brady definitely won't be there next year. But this final run, he's going to win this division and be in the playoffs. I guarantee it. The other three teams in this division suck. When we t- when I said earlier, and I've said in this podcast before, I'm betting on Detroit Lions to make the playoffs. It's because the NFC is so top-heavy and so weak elsewhere. All three of these teams, other than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, will have below 500 records, I guarantee you. New Orleans... I don't know what, they, what they're doing with Sean Payton leaving. They had Teron Armstead leave. Marcus Williams, their safety left. They kept Jameis Winston. They tr- got Marcus May from the Jets instead of Marcus Williams to play safety. They signed Daniel Sorensen, who uh, who's, should be out of the league seven years ago. I don't know what New Orleans is doing. Carolina, no idea what Carolina's doing either. They're obviously still rebuilding, looking for the quarterback, Hassan Reddick, Stephon Gilmore. Their uh, center, Matt Paradis, left. They did sign D.J. Moore to a one-year qualifying offer. D.J. Moore, by the way, will be the highest-paid wide receiver when he enters free agency next year because he's not long for this Carolina world. The one thing I think Carolina did well, they signed Johnny Hecker from the Los Angeles Rams. Good for you, Johnny Hecker. (laughs) The team I'm fucking, though, 
as New Orleans and Carolina cannot figure out what they're doing, is the team that I think might be the worst team in all of football next year, the Atlanta Falcons. Because, yes, they got rid of Matt Ryan. They let Russell Gage go. They let their linebacker Olaquan uh, go. But they know what they're doing. They're bottoming out. They're shooting for the bottom. Marcus Mariota is the starting quarterback for them. They re-signed Cordero Patterson, and, K- and they got Casey Haywood. None of those are going to make a difference. Resigned Young Way Kudu a long-term deal. Congratulations, Young Way. I'm fucking Atlanta because I know who they are and they know who they are. I don't know if Arthur Smith survives this rebuild, but that's what Atlanta is gunning for. An absolute rebuild and a bottom out. That's why I'm fucking them because they had a direction this offseason and they're going for it. Who has Let- a worse roster top to bottom, the Texans or the Falcons? It's going to be close. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say the Falcons because I believe in the QB in Houston more than I believe in Marcus Mariota. The one thing I will say, the last thing I'll say about this division. By the way, I'm killing New Orleans because that Philadelphia Eagles draft pick trade was the stupidest thing I've ever. If you if you're not going to be competing, why are you selling your picks for the future and trying to move up in a draft? Like New Orleans is an idiotic franchise. Atlanta, I will say, when you come into fantasy season next year and you need that fifth running back on your team, a guy to just fill out a hole, maybe get a couple of snaps, Damian Williams signed with the Atlanta Falcons. He did nothing in Chicago. He will get the bulk of the carries other than Cordero Patterson on that Atlanta Falcons roster. Damian Williams should be on your fantasy roster as the last running back taken. I can uh, guarantee that one too. That's all we have for the shitty divisions. Let's move on to the divisions that did a lot, and the divisions that matter. It's the two Western divisions, and we're all going to break down those divisions coming up next. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel. All right, boys, two divisions left, and these divisions made a lot of moves, a lot of uh, franchise-altering decisions this offseason. And the first of the divisions we're going into is the NFC West. Arizona, Seattle, the Super Bowl champion Rams, and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Boys, I don't know where I'm going, marry, fuck, killing any of this. But I will say it's pretty easy to to look at Seattle and go, that's a tough one. <laughs> it's tough yeah, to be I, a Seahawks yeah. fan right now. I, Russell I'm Wilson trending. out the door. Yeah, their um, they're over-under right now is six uh, wins, and I'm trending towards the under at minus 120 on that one. Drew Locke leading this team. They do get Noah Fant. Um, they re-signed Rashad Penny, who had a great end to last season. I mean, if Chris Carson doesn't work out, you got to be excited, I guess, a little bit as a Seahawks fan that Rashad Penny's finally showing out. But this team didn't really do a lot to put itself in. They lose Bobby Wagner. They lose Gerald Everett. They lose DJ Reed, their safety. Um, I, I'm definitely trending under here for the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know about you, Trey, for the Sharp. I think it's an easy kill for all of us. It's yeah. an easy kill, and I guess I'm a little confused about the rebuild with the guy – kind of in charge 
from a head coaching position of Pete Carroll because he's not a spring chicken. Uh, you know, I know he keeps himself in great in great shape, but is he going to stick around to see this organization rise through the? I mean, they, 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 what they're doing, make no mistake, is a complete rebuild. Yeah, I, I fully expect them to move DK, um, whether it be draft day. That would be the draft insane. Day. I mean, to just me. make, well, but you you have to do it, Tony. Like who who who? Like their options at quarterback right now are Geno Smith. Uh, Drew Locke, or go get Baker Mayfield. Like, what right. What do you do? Like, that's, you cannot have DK Metcalf on your roster but that's this with year. those quarterbacks. You can't do it. That's this year. Like, a rebuild I in the it. NFL can happen overnight. You saw Cincinnati. Right, like, you get but, a quarterback in next year's draft, and suddenly he's throwing DK Metcalf and a, another wide receiver here. Like, that's a rebuild. You've rebuilt. Congratulations. Yeah. So, I, I hear a lot of rumors, especially in Green Bay's household, that DK Metcalf is on the market. I'm not sure that that's going to actually happen because that's – that's a steal. You stole that man. He's a second-round pick you got, and he's uh, one of the best well, wide receivers in the league One of, at, from, at a young age. From Seattle's point of view, I mean, look at the money that these wide receivers are getting yeah. right now, right? Look at the deals that the Tyreek Hills of the world are signing, that the Amari Coopers of the world are getting, that the Devontae Adamses of the world are getting. Look at the money they're signing for. DK Metcalf is going into the final year of his rookie deal here. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this season. If I'm Seattle... I probably don't want to pay this dude whatever he's going to be asking I, for when that time comes around. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see that because if I'm Seattle, I would rather roll the dice and try and get a young, really good wide receiver because we've seen, uh, you know, we've seen that happen. We've seen guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and, and countless others who have been drafted early on blow up and be really good. So if I'm Seattle, I'm not opposed to the idea of sending DK away because I probably don't want to pay him what he's going to, what the market is going to bring for him when that time comes, when he's, when he is a free agent. I, I, I completely agree dangles. And here's another thing, Tony, like, like dangles had referenced, I think it's become more and more a trend now. Everyone talks about the most valuable contract in sports is that quarterback in the first round to get that fifth-year player option. I think what we're going to see is teams trade up to get in that first round to lock in that receiver that they covet to get that fifth-year option and that extra year of club control. I really think that's going to be, like as we've seen the trends of running backs not being picked in the first round, I think we're going to start to see a trend of receivers teams trade up to get that receiver in that first round to get that extra year of club control. So I completely agree with what you said, Dings. Uh, I mean, I guess this is a team that I'd also consider killing if it wasn't for Seattle being as moribund as they are. There you go, Dangles. I said it again. But San Francisco has clearly gotten worse from what they were last year. And also this uh, Debo Samuel situation where he's unfollowing the team on Instagram. He wants to get paid $20 million a year. He's another guy that's on a low contract right now, but eventually he'll get paid. They lost their offensive run game coordinator, went to become the head coach in Miami. Obviously, the, the head coach there knows what he's doing on offense, but they're losing people left and right. And I'm a little bit worried at the San Francisco 49ers. I don't believe they got better. I believe they got worse. Do you guys agree? I do. Yeah. I, I think it's it's hard to – I think by default you almost have to uh, take the Arizona Cardinals uh, home here. And this is a team that didn't necessarily get any worse but also didn't get any better either in the Arizona Cardinals. But you're right, Tony. They they lose Lacken Tomlinson to the Jets. They lose their defensive tackle, DJ Jones, and Kawan Williams to the Broncos. Raheem Mostert is now gone. Um, this is a team and who's that – who's their quarterback? Tra- 
I mean, Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, we think, and Trey Lance is maybe he's not ready yet. And, and Trey Sermon was a first round pick or second round pick or whatever he was last year. And what the fuck's happening with him? He did almost nothing last year. Part of it was because of injury, but they barely used him. So I don't really know what say, uh, San Francisco is doing, but it is also hard to ignore the like Kyle Shanahan upside, right? Like you just, he's, he's a joker. He's a wild card. You just, you don't know what to expect. And he's, showed last they made it to the nfc championship game with next to nothing um and, but it, the question is what happens with debo samuel right because he's 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 the guy so for me I, I would probably have to take arizona home um and leave san francisco off the table completely comparing the arizona cardinals outlook in immediate future and long-term future with their staff in hand compared to the current san francisco roster and coaching staff is like comparing crispy baking to plain greek yogurt guys there is no comparison. San Francisco is superior in all aspects of every level than the Arizona Cardinals. Why? Because they have Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury right, but, is but, not going to do anything. But we're talking about changes. over and over again, Tony. We're talking no. about changes. We're not talking about, like, who are we taking win total-wise. We're talking about what team got better, what team got worse. San Francisco got worse. Arizona stayed level. I disagree. I, I think both those teams stayed if, if, if they both got if they both got worse, they both got worse marginally and they're the same outlook that they were going in the offseason. I really believe that. I mean, again, you know, people say Trey Lance isn't ready. I've been a big proponent of Trey Lance, you know, in this show. But I mean, they draft him third overall. They still have Jimmy G. I do think Shanahan's going to find a way to make that offense click and they still got a good defense. So for me. I don't want anything to do with killing San Francisco because their win total, as of stands right now, is still double digits when you have a proven commodity of the Arizona Cardinals that just continue to get worse as the season goes on. And they did nothing, in my opinion, to make that roster much better at all. What did they do to get better? The Cardinals. you got to kill the Cardinals. Yeah I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think San Francisco got worse. Arizona stayed the same. I don't love Arizona, but they didn't do anything to no, get they, worse. Yeah. Um, and somehow the Super Bowl winners got better. The Allen Robinson signing, the Allen Robinson signing was an insane coup for that team. He is going to be so effing good in a Sean McVay offense next to Cooper Cup. He's never not been double teamed in the league, and he's still produced with some of the worst quarterbacks ever throwing to him. Now he has Matty Stafford and Cooper Cup taking double teams away. Bob Woods was awesome, obviously. Odell Beckham was great. Obviously, Odell's still a free agent, but Allen Robinson coming to the Rams is my favorite signing, I think, in the NFC. I love it. It's good, and Bobby Wagner is huge too to go in uh, to go in division help help with that linebacking core because they lose they lose Troy Reader. Um, I forget where he went, but uh, they did they did lose him as well. So yeah, great signings for them. The Rams some somehow indeed get better and, and you love to see it for Sean McVay the attempt to to uh, they do lose Von Miller obviously yeah Darius Williams and of yeah. course Johnny Hecker guys what is going who's, to who's happen the ball. what is going to happen yeah. for the Rams special teams now that Johnny Hecker is not there they did lose some players just, Darius Williams is a player Von Miller is obviously yeah. a great player but uh, that Allen Robinson names. signing puts it over for me I, I'm so confused on what the Rams perception of the salary cap is and how how is it applied to them I mean they just keep reeling in these these awesome players for big contracts. I'm just, again, we say Super Bowl hangover. I'm very curious if the Rams have any type of Super Bowl hangover here. And, hey, you got to give it to them. Their window is now. They're making uh, no bones about they're trying to win now immediately as long as they can go. And then 
that will be an interesting rebuild uh, when it happens. <laughs> And we'll see if McVay's there for it. My gut says <laughs> McVay's on Monday Night booth. Football. Hey, yeah, you know this is exactly. this is very much million. this is very much uh, this is the last thing I'll say an Icarus situation, right? This is a team that is flying so close to the sun right now, and when they finally get too close, the explosion's going to be big. Well, the storyline came out this uh, this week hey, that enough. the Washington Commanders have been stealing money from the NFL by not reporting their books correctly and, and not paying their season ticket holders back and all that stuff. I think the Rams are the exact opposite. They're lying to the NFL by saying, well, no, we're under the salary cap. Don't worry about it. Just don't do the math too hard. Definitely under the salary cap over here. Nothing to see. It, it's bizarre. It's like I said, I was like, uh, who? Who's giving them this money? The people that invested in Theranos? A little plug for the Hulu Rams, show with uh, Amanda Seafried. Rams uh, win total, by the way, 10 and a half. I'm going over at minus 115. Thank you very much. I, I, I wanted to talk about that. We'll obviously do our win total show closer to the season. But to, uh, right now, I'm taking every divisional favorite over win total. I think the NFC is there is no middle team in the NFC. You're either great or you're god awful. And that's what the NFC is this year. But let's move on. Listen, we have the World Cup coming out uh, later on this year. I can't wait to watch it, even though it's in Qatar and there's blood money that built the stadiums and all that jazz. But the World Cup separates all these teams into groups of four, and you got to play everyone in your group. And every time they do the the draw for the groups, there's always the group of death, the group that gets like three of the best FIFA teams somehow drawn together and a little weakling that's a punk-ass team. We have a group of death in the NFL, and it is the AFC West. The Chiefs... The Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, all of them, all of them improved. And the Chiefs obviously got worse by who they had to leave, but they signed people to replace them real fast. This is a group of death. I don't know who you kill here. I don't know who you marry. I don't know who you fuck. I'm interested to see what you guys have to say. I know. Marry, fuck, kill the AFC West. What do you got, Dangles? exactly who you kill. It's the Denver Broncos, unfortunately, because Russ is great, but... I mean, tell me who's going to take the top off of defenses the way that DK could do or the way that Ty Lockett could do. He's always had a guy who could do that. He does. Does Jerry Judy do that? I don't think so. I don't think Tim Patrick. College. I don't think Tim Patrick. Though, Jerry Judy's a small guy. You got big corners here in the NFL. This Cortland is a Sutton. Game. Cortland Sutton. Sutton, Sutton has done it before. Cortland Sutton can't stay healthy. He needs to be on the field in order for them to be helpful. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that this defense got a whole lot better. I don't know that they that didn't need to. They were the third best defense in the better. league last year. I still think. I think you. I, if it, if it's me, I probably kill the Denver Broncos here. And maybe, 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 maybe the. I mean, again, not to downplay the Russ signing, but I think they're my kill here. I think uh, uh, out of positions of need in this division, Denver improved the most. Their worst part of their team was their quarterback, and they got one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Like, that's not the a guy huge they wanted. coup. That's a huge No one was getting Aaron, but that's a huge coup. I think Denver, I don't know how you can kill Denver. Shape of the Sharp, who are you killing? You said it best, Tony, because this is like a group of death, and it's hard to pick out one specific team you want to kill. But I, I, I got to say, if I had to, no pun intended, gun to my head, I'm probably leaning with Danks here and leaning Broncos because what I see in the Raiders offseason, not only not only with the obvious signing of Devontae Adams, but guys, they just got Chandler Jones and they can pair him with Max Crosby. And now you have two, now you might have the best, you know, 
edge rush tandem in the NFL. And let's not forget what Devontae does for a guy like Hunter Renfro, mm. what he does for a guy like Darren Waller. I mean, and you got Derek, you, you got, you got Carr at the helm. Now he's, he's, he's solidified, signed the contract. I think was it today or yeah. yesterday, whatever yeah. he's there. No, no trade clause. And let's not forget, I know it's, you know, TBD, but McDaniels, after a decade of his first coaching gigs, he definitely is saying the right things about how he screwed up about the people aspect of the coaching. Yep. You need to understand that. He's he's been very impressive in his offseason remarks. So I'm gonna marry, actually. I'm gonna wow. I'm gonna marry the Raiders in this division and I lean kill to the Broncos. I I, I think Dangs is right because I think what you're betting on for the Broncos is you're betting on prime rust now could that happen absolutely would i be surprised absolutely not if he comes out and he's vintage rust prime of his career rust that is a bona fide but would it surprise awesome. you if he's second half of last season rust either yes, yes. really yeah yes. that would surprise, surprise me, me. It, it, that it, 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 that would surprise me but i think it's somewhere in between things first year getting. new I think system I, like i mean yeah, i don't know i, I just I think, think it's I, I well, Dangles, you also between. hate Russell Wilson. You had him 72nd hate, on your QB ranking. I don't rankings. hate Russell Wilson. <laughs> By the way, a, a Denver's win total is 10 right now. I am jumping on that under. It's oh, plus, plus that's 105. That's a little high. That's a little high. I am high. jumping well, right on that under at plus so 105 for Denver. I wanted to pitch you guys this very quickly. So all these over-unders in this division in this group of death, I think you almost could play all four blind unders yeah. here. They're going to absolutely cannibal like cannibalize each other. I Vegas is eight and a half. I'm going over I, on that. I like Vegas. I guarantee you, if you played all unders in that division, I bet well, three of them would go under. You'd make money. I wanted. Uh, I, I, I like that thinking. I like that thinking a lot. But I have to do some research. What were the numbers for the NFC West last season? Because they had three playoff teams, and you very well could have three playoff teams in this division as well. So you might not uh, go three and one or two and two in that one. Uh, I'm killing the Kansas City Chiefs very fast because, yes, they replaced – like Justin Reed for Tieran Matthew. I think Tieran Matthew's better, but I like some of the people that they've replaced for who they lost. But we've never seen Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, arguably the most dynamic receiver in the NFL, no longer a Chief. That's the biggest loss in this division. Brings Kansas City back to the pack as everyone else moved up. So I'm killing the Chiefs by default here. I don't think they'll have a bad year by any means. But when it comes to free agency – Losing Tyreek Hill is huge. It's going to be very interesting to see what receivers step up if they make any draft picks at receiver. Mecole Hardman ain't the guy, if you're going to ask me. You're going to need some playmakers out there to help Patrick Mahomes out, so I'm very interested to see what happens there. But you guys are missing the team that improved the most in the we NFL. We just haven't gotten there yet. No, we no, just no. haven't gotten yeah, there yet. Gotten you're there. not talking about, This is a clear marry. Our hometown Los Angeles Chargers – took their great offense, their excellent offense with an insane coach that goes for it no matter what the downage is, never kicks a field goal. And how did they lose all those games? Their defense was awful. And they made signing after signing after signing to improve that defense. The Los Angeles Chargers, to me, won the offseason, period. And I cannot wait for them to draft that kid out of Georgia with their draft pick to secure the interior of that defensive line because that's the only hole that is remaining. I love the Los Angeles Chargers this year. Boys, you got to marry the Chargers. I want to do one better, Tony. I want to, you know, I want to F him. That was my, that was my uh, biblical relations partner, monogamous missionary style, forehead to forehead, heavy breathing. I wanted to do that with the Chargers. So you, you got me there, Tony. I'm putting a ring on. <laughs> I, I agree. And they're, they're, 
win total 10, uh, I, I, I'd go over. That's uh, I, I like the over on that. And I like the over on the Raiders, too. They'd be my they'd be my biblical biblical relations. And I agree with you, Tony. I, I I'm F in the, the Raiders, too. Yeah, I, I marry the I marry the Los Angeles Chargers and I, do, I don't touch the Chiefs because if there's a I team, I don't want to touch the Chiefs just because like, look, this is an important. I think this is we should note that this is an important moment in Patrick Mahomes' career. This is yes. the this is a new chapter in in the Mahomes Chiefs and I, I is he capable of overcoming and, and doing something with MVS and Juju and maybe if they take a receiver sure they like to use a lot of guys in that in that offense every anyway you know I feel like every week it's a different guy some weeks it was Pringle some weeks it was Hardman some weeks it was Demarcus Robinson who caught two touchdowns like he can operate with no names and, and do that kind of thing and you could do a lot worse than Juju um, and even MVS got a huge 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 deal that he may not play the entire deal but still deal. but a huge deal for Marquez Valdez Scantling but um love we'll the guy see. wish so, him yeah, luck yeah for sure but you no know, I agree with you Tony I'm marrying the Chargers and I like their over 10 wins at minus 120 I love everything they did I would bet a couple Buffalo nickels that the Chiefs target if not trade up for a receiver in the draft I think that has got to be a priority for them and I'm sure Mahomes and Reed will collaborate on who exactly they want to bring in there as far as their targets, but I do think the Chiefs need to add through the draft some offensive firepower, absolutely, because you said it as well said, Dings. I mean, say what you want about Tyreek Hill, you know, and, and, and Patrick Mahomes together, but Patrick Mahomes is not experienced in the NFL without Tyreek Hill. That is a damn fast security blanket, if I say so myself. That's the fastest security blanket in the land. So, you know, with and the fact that Tyreek Hill, you know, didn't kind of pound the fist to stay there in Kansas City, to me is bizarre. Um, I'm not sure if anything else will come of that. I know they said the money was comparable. I'm sure that's not true. Maybe he just took the money and ran. But again, you leave the best quarterback in the NFL or seventh in Dangles ratings to go to, you know, Miami. We'll see, but I mean, um, hey, yeah, what, very what, when you're a when you're a swaggy wide receiver making big NFL money, what sounds better to you, the Power and Light District or South Beach? I will Let's say, uh, if I could bet this, Tyree Kill is going to be the next uh, wide receiver diva that complains about his team and forces his way out of Miami because he's gonna hate playing for Tua. He's gonna hate playing That's for Tua. Bet. And that is it for the West Coast Gamblers. My name is Tony Cavallo. That's Matthew Dangles, Daniel. Antonio Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston as well. Again, they somehow gave us an award for this show. We are the West Coast Gamblers, and we'll be back next week with a show we've done six straight years. The best draft prognosticator in all the land is Brian the Ballerina Balzarini, and he is coming back to do the Ballerina Big Board. That's coming up next. It's I can't wait for the draft. We got a lot of bets to give out, but first we got to see where the mock is. Ballerina's next week, but for this one, thank you for listening. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.